All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode. Another spoof sports shooting podcast. Isn't that what we're calling? Another sports shooting. Do this again. No, dude, we've got to change the name. That It sucks so bad. I, I do agree with the name of the podcast. Like, if it can be changed, it is kind of bad. It's terrible. That was hey everybody. Welcome back. Another episode. Another spoof sports shooting podcast. Isn't that what we're calling? Another sports shooting. Do this again. No, dude, we've got to change the name. That it sucks so bad. I, I do agree with the name of the podcast. Like, if it can be changed, it is kind of bad. It's terrible. That was since Jason. Everybody, welcome back. Another episode. Another spoof sports shooting podcast. Isn't that what we're calling? Another sports shooting. Do this again. No, dude, we've got to change the name. That it sucks so bad. I, I do agree with the name of the podcast. Like, if it can be changed, it is kind of bad. It's terrible. That was since Jason. How many Jared, beers have you had before this episode? Sasquatch <laughs> and myself, Jeff. We're uh, going to be talking about match selection. So it's mainly y'all because I'm barely shooting anything. So I'm going to try to shoot Nationals, <laughs> Oklahoma, and Area 4. There, there's my part. All right. So which one of y'all wants to go first? Okay. I'll, I'll ask. I'll kind of. I'll kind of moderate a little bit. Uh, so, Jared, you shot what, fifteen, sixteen matches last year? Uh, I think. I think it was thirteen or fourteen. I. I don't know. Without looking at like the calendar in front of me, I'm not sure. But it was a lot. So you and you were trying to. You're trying to whittle it down this year to ten or less. I think. Yeah, it's it's not so much a number uh, number for me as it is a a time issue. Um. And basically, one of the biggest deciding factors for me were the end of last year, it felt like I was gone all the time because the last couple months of the season, I was gone a lot. Uh, I was out of the country for work for a little while. Then I was at uh, high cap nationals and then gone for a weekend for my state match, gone a couple weeks later for another major. And then like two weeks later, I was gone for another week for nationals. So in like 60 days, I was gone for, I don't know, like 40 of them. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a lot. And, and the weeks before nationals were the same deal. Like the end of the season, just like it seemed like every two weeks I was out of town all weekend. Yeah, uh, and it was that way. Pretty much felt that way all summer. So this year, one of the goals I kind of went into was I tried to be a little more selective and keep matches from backing up to each other. Uh, ideally, I'd like to have you know three to four weeks between majors at least. And so far, the schedule I'm working with is looking pretty close to that. There's a uh, a couple of matches that I have to shoot that there's no way around it. So, like, my state match kind of falls a couple weeks before another major I want to shoot. Um, some of the area matches fall about three weeks apart that I want to shoot. So, there, there is some give and take there. But uh, overall, it's looking like I'm going to have much better spacing between my matches. And all the nationals being combined this year helped that, too. All the pistol ones that aren't single stack. Yeah, so so the the main question for tonight is... Like, how do you go about picking what, what matches you, you want to shoot? So it sounds like for you, your biggest, your biggest issue as far as you picking a match is how they fit on the calendar. Uh, so, that, so what I did is I started out with making a calendar when dates are released for matches. Uh, so even, like, matches that are on the same weekend, I'll put them all on the calendar. And then I'll think about, you know, is uh, for instance, this year, uh, I'm going to shoot Area 6. I haven't shot it before. 
So the reason I wanted to shoot it was, is I haven't shot it before. The timing is not the best in the world. Uh, you know, flying to a, a match in March is not ideal for my part of the country. But it's a match that I've wanted to shoot. Uh, it works this year well, especially being that April doesn't seem to have anything going on. And it's not looking like May is going to have any majors. So it's kind of something early to do. Uh, you know, and it... And at the same time frame, uh, there was the Hotter Than Hades match in Louisiana, uh, Old Fort Shootout in uh, Arkansas, and uh, the Ozark Classic in, in South Missouri that were all within the same you know two-week time frame. So all of those were on the calendar. And then I had to whittle it down, and basically I chose the uh, option of shooting an area match I've not had the opportunity to shoot before. Um, had some friends going to it, so it worked out well where – you know, we'll, we'll all split a house. It'll be a fun weekend. And I'll shoot somewhere new that I have a shot. And Florida will probably be a lot nicer than Missouri in March. Yeah, I'm guessing. And then as you get on farther in the year, uh, some considerations I take is, for instance, like my state match. Uh, I've done a shoot my state match because it's my state match. As well as uh, we have a – I live right on the border between Missouri and Kansas. So the Kansas state match is actually at one of my local clubs. So obviously I'll shoot it regardless of where it falls in the schedule because it's a local, it's a local match to me. Uh, but for other matches I want to shoot, such as uh, like Bighorn Classic, it was one that I uh, heard really good things about last year. Uh, I like that part of the country. So I wanted to get out there and shoot it. Uh, so it was obviously, it was a, it was one that was in my schedule that unless it conflicted with something else I had to shoot was going to be chosen. Uh, so a match that I normally shoot is the Oklahoma section match. It's the week before uh, Bighorn. So I'm not going to shoot Oklahoma because that's a, a burn the entire weekend thing and then come back and I'm going to be leaving the following Thursday to be gone for, you know, four days for Bighorn. That, so that's where the consideration went there. As well as with Bighorn, uh, the Great Plains section match that I generally shoot is the same week as it. So obviously it's pared down. So that, that helped cut a couple of matches out from last year and then uh, continuing on not having two separate nationals that are a week long will help me cut a little bit of time out of the schedule um the and there's probably a couple other state matches that are really good that i went to in the past that i, I might not go to this year uh, like right now the illinois sectional is one that i'm looking at not going to this year just because when you look at it overall it's a it's a long trip over there. It's about probably five, five and a half hours for me. Uh, it's a really good match, but it's a long ways away. And then I I think area four is the match that's the weekend after that. So, it, you know, it makes two long weekends out. And the reason for that, that I'm looking at pairing it down that way, is uh, not just being gone all the time, but I felt like it's hard to be prepared when it's just like you get in the grind of your shooting match after match after match. It's hard to take away what, what did you not do well so you can work on it and have a few weeks to improve. Um, there was definitely plenty of times this year I, I felt like I went to the range and I shot because it was my day to practice, not because I got anything useful out of it. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I have a little bit, maybe a little bit different approach to how I pick matches. Um, when I'm approaching my year, uh, I mean, there's, a few non-negotiables, single stack nationals, I'm going to shoot, uh, limited nationals, I'm going to shoot. And then this year, 
I'm assuming I've, I've made the world shoot team. So I'm assuming the world shoots on my calendar. So those, I go into the year with those three are non-negotiables. Um, and then really for me, the rest of the matches that I'm, that I'm picking uh, as far as how I'm going to pick which matches I go to or how do they fit around, around those and how do they prepare me for those big matches? Uh, so that means I wanted a match before single stack national. I did not want single stack nationals to be my first match of the year. So area six, uh, Jared and I are going to go, go shoot that one together. Um, that was just kind of a natural. I needed a match before single stack nationals. Otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to Florida to shoot a match for that. Um, then my other consideration really for matches is who is shooting it. Uh, it's, it's really a matter of, I'm trying to find the best competition that I can. And if it's any sort of reasonable distance, I'm going to go to that match. Uh, and so it's, it's really trying to look for the matches that have the most, the most competition in them, uh, and get to those. So yeah, I've got, (laughs) you've got nationals that are, that are given, uh, I'm finding matches as far as who the competition is, who's shooting it, um, as, as Jeff mentioned earlier, he's shooting Oklahoma sectional. That's probably the closest major for, so for me, location is pretty low on the list. I don't have any matches like major matches are not close to me. So if I got to drive 11, 12 hours, that's no big deal. If I have to fly, then it needs to be a really good match for that. Uh, but driving's no big deal. Um, Oklahoma sectional Jeff has got me on his radar. And so mm-hmm. like I need to show up to, shot at it right yeah i appreciate that that means i don't have to come hunt you down you can just come to me that's right (laughs) that's exactly right uh so and then eventually you gotta you gotta factor in a little bit price um if you are flying a lot price does become a factor um and time does as well uh with family commitments or even just your own own commitments and stuff like that uh that does become a, a bit of a consideration um, but I'm pretty much looking all for how does it, how is it going to prepare me for nationals in the world shoot? And if it's not, especially this year being a world shoot year, if it's not reaching one of those goals, if it's not preparing me for that match, then probably I'm not going to go to it unless it's extremely convenient. Roughly how many matches do you expect to shoot this year? Majors. Uh, right now on my mm-hmm. calendar, I've got seven. And that's including two nationals and the world shoot. So that's four majors outside of, outside of those big matches. In an ideal world, do you think that's uh, the right number for you, or would you like to shoot more if scheduling allowed? I would like to shoot a few more. Um, I'm going into the year with just seven scheduled, and that that leaves me with a little bit of of leeway if I feel like I really need a match then maybe I can add one or two here. Uh, but I don't, if I don't feel like I need it, then I may not add it in. Um, you know, having respo- other responsibilities besides matches, it's, it is a pretty big burden um, for me to be out of town, for the wife to have to take care of the kid and the dog by herself. And so trying to make sure that I am at least semi-responsible father at some point is probably good. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to be a completely absentee dad. Jeff can relate to that quite yeah, a bit. For, for sure. Uh, so so trying to trying to balance that is you know, sometimes you don't balance it well, sometimes you balance it better than others, but trying to balance that as best possible uh, can be a challenge. 
So, but for me, the interesting thing in my calendar is that what I'm trying to figure out is I've got Bighorn in June, and then I don't have a match again until August, and that that which is Area Three, and that match I may take that out of my schedule. So then I would have a I would go from from June till September without a major match, uh, and so that that'll be kind of a challenge, um, which that a little bit leads me into a question I have for Jeff. So. Jeff, you're basically only shooting three matches this year, I think you said, right? Yeah, well, I'm planning three. There, there's a good chance I'll shoot one or two more. Yeah. Uh, but I just won't know. Like, maybe not. Like, uh, I want to go sh- uh, shoot the Old Fort shootout, which it's not technically a major, but... It basically is. Yeah, I it's, it's more shooting than a normal major, so... yeah. Uh, I want to go shoot that, and then I may try to grab the Missouri match right before Nationals. Yeah. But, so yeah, I may end up shooting closer to five, but I'm only planning three for sure, just because I don't, I don't know how this year's going to go. But, yeah, what was your question? So, I mean, like, that's a pretty sparse match schedule. So, do you find it challenging when you're not going to majors with a lot of frequency, like keeping up with training and one, like, if, okay, if you have like eight weeks and you don't have a major coming up, do you lose motivation to train or, or no? No, not at all. It's uh, it's kind of like the trust the process deal. Uh, I think I would be just fine uh, staying motivated wise if I just had one, like if I just shot nationals, uh, yeah. that would be plenty for me. The problem is, uh, match pressure like yeah you know if you if you have one match you're like I, I have to do good at this one day out of the year like that's a lot of pressure right that is. so that that would be the hardest part of just shooting if that's the hardest part of shooting fewer majors is mm-hmm. that they matter more to you so you put more pressure on yourself but uh, as far as staying motivated no it's I, I enjoy the process uh, okay. It's kind of it's kind of like lifting weights, you know, like like why do you even do that? It's like just enjoy the process. So that your wife thinks you look all right. <laughs> I don't I don't think she even cares so much. So <laughs> yeah, it's just for me, man. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, so, so Jeff, uh, I will I will rebut like shooting a lot of matches like that pressure on that one day that you got to perform, it doesn't get less by shooting more majors. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I think you get a certain level of experience from shooting majors, but at some point it's, you've got the experience of the majors. Um, so it, it, it depends. Like, you know, when I look at the match, Everything it goes into is not just location and time of the year, but like who's going to be there, like as far as my friends or competition, um, where where it's at. So you know, like Iowa section is one that uh, this year it doesn't really fit the schedule well, but I will shoot it because I have a lot of friends that'll be there. Yeah, and they just do they just do a phenomenal job putting the match on. So it'll be one of the best state matches, and for me, it's a you know two and a half hour drive. Uh, I got a buddy that lives up there, so I'll be able to crash at his house, so it's pretty cheap for me to shoot it. Um, 
but so, something uh, with the spacing I'm putting in my matches this year, part of the reason is, like, I, I fully plan to, at least a few times during the year, like, take a week off of shooting after a major. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think I'm going to see huge benefits from that just because I kind of feel like I purely got the motion this year by the end of the season. And I really did not see any improvement like this second half. Yeah, I definitely could take a, just even just the mental break, letting yourself take a pause, uh, reflect. It is sometimes it's hard to be uh, to be very self-reflective when you're in the middle of a ton of training. It's it's hard to pause and actually figure out what am I actually doing. Whereas sometimes if if you take a break, even two, three, four days, uh, that kind of gives you a little bit of time to reflect on what you're actually doing, and rather than just be pulling. You just get so much in the motion of even, uh, especially when you have like two matches that are back to back, major matches are like back to back weekends. Because you know you, you work Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, leave Friday morning for this match, get back super late on Sunday, work all week again. You're practicing overnight uh, when you get home, and then you know leaving again on Friday and getting back late Sunday night. And it just two weekends actually turns into like three continuous weeks of. Like, go, 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 go. And it's, it's nice to have some time off. Like, the the first, like, week out of the season, it was kind of nice just to be like, okay, I don't have to think about shooting. I can just, uh, you know, relax and do some stuff around the house that I've neglected for the last eight months. Yeah. So, so I definitely, it, I, I think uh, I think that's going to benefit me a lot. So, at least I'm going to try it this year. If I don't like it, I'll go back to shooting, like, 15 or 16 majors next year. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely have the full spectrum on the, on the podcast tonight of guys shooting a ton and Jeff not shooting. Not shooting. I, I think uh, by my I think by my second year I shot like eight majors. I think my se- six or eight majors by second year, and and I've shot more than ten every year since then at least. See, it's I've never sure. shot more than five in a year. So shooting planning three is like not. It's not that out of the ordinary there's, for me. There's, there's just there's so many within easy driving distance of me here in Kansas City, though. Yeah, I mean that's the, you being right in the middle of the country. You do have a, an advantage from that point. Uh, you can drive easily to to quite a few matches. But the average, I bet the average year, there's probably ten of them within five or six hours, and, and especially when you used to have single stack nationals in uh, Pasa, that was another one. Yeah, I've got like one major within like that Oklahoma sectional is like the closest match to me. And it's like five hours away. Mm. Yeah. So you talked about, uh, you know, who was going to be there competition wise. So does that, where does that normally lead you uh, match wise? Cause Obviously, single stacks kind of always been one of the funny divisions. When it was in Passa, you know, everyone shot it early in the season. And then, uh, obviously, now with it being back in the early in the season, I expect all the matches before that, you know, a lot of those top guys will be shooting it. But in the in the after-nationals matches, you know, what matches do you normally look for? Because there's only a handful of you guys that shoot single stack, you know, year-round. Yeah, so I've got a couple of different – uh, things that I look at as far as that's concerned. Um, this year I've got 
I'm going to be shooting more limited matches this year than I probably did last year, which is a little bit strange because it's a world shoot year and I need to be really focusing on single stack. Uh, but I've got a little bit of a vendetta against limited for the last couple of years because I really poorly at limited nationals the last last couple of times I've shot limited nationals. So that'd be 2019 and 2017. Um, and so I've got a little bit, I kind of want a little bit of, I don't know if you want to call it vengeance, but I got a little bit of, I need to, I need to pick that up a little bit. So I'm going to shoot some limited. So I'll have, you can almost always find lots of limited heat at, at pretty much any match. Um, so I'll be doing that. And it, for me, it, shooting limited or single stack, it doesn't matter. Like I don't, I don't really care which one I'm shooting. Um, it's, it's really more about finding that competition. If I am shooting single stack, I, I will go ahead and shoot it if a guy like Jeff is there um, and he wants to beat me. Then let's let's see what he can do. Uh, but I also just I just compare against the production guys. Um, for my money, I really think production and single stack compete almost straight up. Depending on the match, it may go a percentage or two either way. It may have an advantage with the the ten rounds versus eight, or even maybe we both be shooting ten rounds minor. Um, I got I got a question for you. Okay. So if you're going to a match and you know there's not really any single stack heat, yeah, you shoot minor, like on purpose, so you'll have like a better comparison. Uh, depending on where it falls in the calendar, um, if it's like area three is not uh, like there's no nationals close to area three or anything like that. Area three's always got a ton of like they've got their stage two always has a whole bunch of steel. Um, and so area three, I always shoot 10 rounds minor at, uh, because again, I get to compare straight up with production and I wouldn't be shooting minor for that match. Wouldn't necessarily mess me up as far as shooting major for something else. Um, so it just kind of depends on where it falls in the calendar. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, I do like I do like how you compare uh, single stack with production. I think overall, if there's uh, any of like the the top ten or so, ten fifteen, you know, production guys there, I think you're going to have a very fair comparison. Other than maybe a slight difference for uh, major to minor, but overall, if you're if you're beating all the production guys, you probably shot very well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, I think they're they're so close that it's it gives you a pretty fair comparison. Of somebody to chase, you know, Jacob Featherington, guys like that. Like he shoots virtually all the area matches. I think uh, AMU guys are, are pretty good about shooting area matches. So, you know, if he's showing up in production, and if you're close to him, then you're going to be you're going to be shooting pretty well at that match, probably. Yeah, he does seem to do very well. Yeah, yeah, he's a good shooter. So, you know, another uh, thing on match selection that we haven't talked about, though, that I feel like we kind of left out is they seem to open registration earlier and earlier every year. So, like, I know uh, me and you were already registered for two matches, uh, one of which is sold out for sure, uh, Bighorn, or was the other day. So, assuming it probably stayed sold out, was uh, you do have to consider the matches you want to shoot based on when they open. So, when I start putting my calendar together, I put a open open dates on the calendar as early as I can. Yeah. So to help decide. So like 
uh, Bighorn, I registered for it over Thanksgiving, and I was waitlisted for a little bit because, mm -hmm. it, yeah, that, that stuff all starts opening early. So it is something you do need to plan for if there's something you really want to shoot uh, when it's going to open. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, nationals, those are going to fill up most likely. Uh, you know, so you need to put those on the calendar and be watching when they're going to open. Bighorn, it doesn't surprise me that it filled up, but I was surprised how fast it filled up. That where it's at, the range is unbelievable. And I hate to I hate to build it up because I don't want it to just fill up every year. But man, the range is absolutely incredible. Uh they're gonna put on they put on a great match last year and they're gonna put on a great match this year. There's gonna be a lot of good shooters there, which is which is cool. And man, Grand Junction is a pretty awesome part of the country. So if you're looking for a match where you can go somewhere and like have some places to hang out and do some stuff outside of the match, that's a really great one to go to. You got Black Canyon National uh, National Park there within a couple hours, and that's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, so there's Moab is also is the other direction is also really close to there. Uh, so sometimes it's good to find a match like that. That maybe you have a wife that doesn't want you to shoot a lot of matches, but like, hey, let's turn this into a mini vacation. You go shoot for a day and then go hang out in some national parks and stuff. Uh, that's also a good way to go about it. Yeah. Jeff's sitting here thinking like, oh, well, that's an idea. Just like I might be able to get up to five or six matches. All right. Uh, I'm usually just in a hurry to get back home. I mean, I guess I did that at uh, Arkansas this year. You took your wife on vacation to Arkansas? Yeah. Um, did you shoot the same match in Arkansas I shot, or was there another one I don't know about? No, it was the same one. <laughs> I, shot, I shot it uh, Friday, and then we went camping for a couple of nights. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was wondering if you took her to Van Buren or Fort Smith or, or maybe both. Uh, well, we stayed one night there in Van Buren, you know, Thursday night. And then we went up towards Fayetteville, I think, for two nights. She had a cousin that has a cousin that lives up there, so we hung out with them. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, that's the one time I've done something like that. So you need to, You need to hit up, like, Colorado or something. Take her on a nice vacation. <laughs> Arkansas, man. Did you hear the fiddles in the background? <laughs> yeah, you, you're talking about Colorado, like uh, for Bighorn. The part that I'm looking forward to that is my plan right now is I'm flying into Denver, and because yeah. Denver, Denver flights from KC are you know like there's two or three a day, and they're they're pretty yeah. reasonable. Uh, and then I'm actually going out there with uh, Henning, so. Uh -huh. I haven't drove uh, across like I seventy. That I haven't drove through the middle part of the state, but on the southern part of the state, I have through like the mountains and everything. So I imagine that'll probably be a, a somewhat nice drive as well. Oh, I seventy is beautiful. Like you're gonna drive through like Vale and Breckenridge and all that. Like it's yeah, you, parts of it are gonna be absolutely awesome. It beats the drive across Kansas to Denver, though. <laughs> That's for sure. I, I like driving through Kansas. You might go like through it. I like to drive, so that's that's no big deal for me. 
Yeah, you said you said 10, 12 hour drives, no big deal. And Jared, yeah. like, and Jared was like, oh, that one's five hours away. That's that's a little far, but I'll, I'll try. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like driving any farther than I have to. Like, like once we're once we're over like three hours, it's kind of like, eh. If I if I can't get someone to go with me, I probably won't shoot that match. Like I just, it's such a long day. And my previous employment, I used to drive a lot for work. Like I've drove across the I seventy route of Kansas probably thirty times. Like I have no interest in driving that much anymore. I think I've driven to Frostproof at least six to eight times, and that's twenty four hours from Canyon, Texas. Why would you drive instead of fly that? Like I can't, I can't, I can't think of a single good reason to drive that. Save money. I bet you didn't save money though. Look, it's like three hundred dollars to fly there. How much did it cost you to drive? Uh, it's so you're looking. So the flights from Canyon, from Amarillo to there, are anywhere like four fifty to five fifty round trip. Um. Gas, you're probably looking at about four hundred bucks, but then you're saving it in the rental fee. Like if you're okay. if you're going by yourself, the rental, and, and, rental fee. And but you you say you end up saving two entire work days flying instead of driving. So how, how much can twenty extra hours in the shop give you? Oh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that's got to be at least an extra hour of work, though. If you get twenty hours in the shop. Yeah, that's probably like worth like two hours, probably. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, it's. Just, I hate flying, and then flying with guns, and then trying to get ammo there. Uh, it's. It's. If I'm traveling by myself, then I often do, just drive. Um, but, twenty four hours is is brutal. Uh, I don't. I don't care to do that again. So I'll probably fly anytime I'm going to Florida. I'll I'll fly again from there. But if it's under fifteen. I can drive that in a day pretty easy. Okay, so any anytime you shoot a match out east, you let me know, and I'll split gas with you if you want to drive the whole thing. But yeah, we'll just fly to Amarillo. We'll just drive. Sounds like a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, single stack nationals. We'll we'll carpool there. Hey, I'm down. Well, except I'm not shooting it. Oh, well, that sucks. Well, then you can't go with us. But you're going to have to shoot L10, Jeff. I'll do it. Okay. Are you, you going to shoot L10 Nationals also then? Yeah. I mean, I'm there. It's only one more day. Did, did yes. you bring, are you bringing your revolver as well? Uh, no, you have to shoot L10 or revolver. So. Oh, it made you choose between those yeah. two popular divisions? I can't believe that. Yeah. What if I, I shot mean, revolver? I think I think there was like thirty-two people at Revolver Nationals this year. It's thirty, wasn't it? I don't know. I have a good friend who who's revol well, Michael Poggi, the Revolver World Champion, National Champion, multiple times. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, so he loves the revolver, but yeah, revolver's a little lame. But does does he shoot mostly like Icor and stuff, and then just shoot our nationals or? Yeah, he so yeah he divides his year up. He shoots a lot of I core. He shoots a lot of Steel Challenge. Uh, 
and then he sh- he'll shoot the revolver nationals in the world shoot for the on the revolver team. Um, so he he doesn't shoot a ton of USPSA revolver. Jared, did you did you look at the revolver scores like compared to single stack scores at all? Uh, I didn't. I'm gonna guess though that the top revolver probably didn't even crack the top twenty. Dude, I think he was pretty close. He did like, about eighty percent, and eighty percent would get you close to twentieth. That dude was shredding with a revolver. Oh no, those top revolver guys are are beast with a revolver. I just when I see someone shoot a revolver, I I can't see how that would be fun. Like with the stages, the way they are and stuff, it does not look fun. Yeah, I yeah. it just impressed me when I looked at the scores and saw. Michael Pogge's scores in the overall, I was like, damn. Yeah, Pogge's, that was impressive. Pogge's a, I mean, he's legit really freaking good. Uh, I'm trying to convince him to shoot some some semi-auto guns this year. Uh, he actually he won a single stack at Nationals, so he's, <coughs> I think he's setting up a rig for single stack, uh, which would be cool. I don't think he'll shoot single stack Nationals, unfortunately, but I think he could hurt some feelings if he shot a if he shot a semi-auto. Well, uh, yeah. Wasn't it the title of your saying? Shooting is shooting. My yeah. my guess is uh, it's it's much the same way. It has sights and it's a trigger. The reload's different, but I mean all those all those movements you have to do to load a revolver. My guess is he probably is not going to have much trouble uh, loading a semi-auto. No, he'll figure it out pretty quick. Uh, I mean, if he puts if he would want to put any time into it. And being able to go from a, like a six-pound trigger, long double-action trigger on every single shot to uh, yeah. even just three-pound. That's uh, probably trigger. probably that'll probably be the hardest part transitioning to a like a normal like single-action trigger. A Glock might be better. He actually does shoot a Glock a lot of times, and that might would be a an easier transition for him. I don't know. So the the big difference, I mean, other than the reloads are completely different and everything, and. You know, the gun's crazy different, but, like, from revolver shooting to shooting a, a bottom feeder is, like, the movement is so much different because the, the reload's so much different. Like, you, I don't see a revolver shooter, like, hauling ass no. as much as I see someone shooting uh, a magazine. Those top guys are going to be able to haul ass just fine. Uh, I think... If you pay attention, you'll probably see the top guys shoot in and out of positions as well as anybody does in any division. So the actual, the biggest part of the time in their movement is probably pretty sound. Um, they get rid of doing the, say they're shooting limited or something, they get rid of doing that reload. They're going to move a lot faster because they're not reloading. Same as a guy shooting a limited gun going to move faster than a guy shooting a production gun. Right, but their reloads, like, if you're going from limited to production, like, the reload is the same. So you're, you're already used to moving the certain way while you're reloading, whereas yeah. it's completely different movement from position to position yeah. if you well, have, when you're reloading a revolver, because you've got to look down. and Yeah, but they're going to be doing an easier reload. It's going to be an easy transition for them, probably. I, I don't know that it would be easy, unless you... I think you'd have to train it a lot. I mean, I don't know that, but... I mean, I had a buddy that shot revolver, and he was a really good revolver shooter. Like, he was very competitive in revolver. But when he went to, like, a magazine gun, it was I, just it was different. He couldn't, he couldn't move like the guys that were shooting uh, production yeah. guns. 
a guy that a guy that is that good at shooting something is not going to have a hard time learning to shoot something else. Like it might be a challenge. He might not get to a hundred percent of where he was, but he's going to look pretty sound with that gun in a couple of weeks. Like he already knows how to teach himself to shoot and to reload and to move. He's not going to have a problem. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's a, that is a fair assumption. I'd like to see it. So the, there's going to be a transition period. Uh, if they shoot exclusively revolver, there's going to be a transition period. I, I actually, I would disagree with you a little bit, Jared, that like revolver shooters, they actually, they're doing way less shooting in and out of position because they have eight rounds. They have no makeups. Like, so they are, they are doing a lot more stand up post and shoot. Uh, and the guy that's winning their stages is a guy that's not making any mistakes. Uh, so they're for the most part, um, so they're being a lot more conservative. For them to go to a, a single stack gun uh, or even a production gun with, with limited capacity, uh, you're still in kind of that danger zone of, of mistakes that any sort of mistake is going to get amplified that, that could be an easier transition going into like a limited gun or an open gun. Uh, that would, I think, take a, a bit longer transition for them. Um, Learn to shoot that aggressively. Yeah, yeah. But we don't see, I mean, uh, uh, Rich Wolf, I mean, he, he makes the transition at least to three-gun, and he does pretty darn well in three-gun. Um, I don't follow three-gun really closely, but I know he has done well there, and sh he's shooting a limited gun in three-gun. I think Poji could do really well. Uh, Poji, the thing that Poji has going for him is he's really smart, he's really analytical, uh, and he can, he can break things down without using his emotions it's just like okay i need to do this okay i'll do that he's a lot like ben in that manner uh in my observation um so i think poji could do really well with any gun that you put in his hand he just he enjoys revolver so that's what he that's what he does uh, i wish he enjoyed another gun because <laughs> it's revolver but you know if there's guys that want to shoot it I, I guess it ain't hurting anybody else to let them shoot their match shoot their thing yeah, I, like I said, I don't see the point in it. It's just not look fun to me. But I mean, I don't know. You don't want to meet up at the old fort shootout and shoot revolver. Uh, so my company only manufactures a six round revolver and three fifty seven. <laughs> That's not competitive, unfortunately, in our rule set. So I'm just gonna have to pass. Oh, man. Okay. Well. Maybe you can talk them into coming out with something, you know? Oh, um, yeah. I, mean, I, I am sure for that for, for, for that huge competition market, I'm sure I have no problem convincing them to uh, invest in R&D for a new revolver. Hey, didn't uh, didn't Ruger like, just launch one this year? Yeah, but I think they basically already made that. They just modified it a little bit for competition. Mm, it was more than just a bit modification because there's only like Jeff, I mean, uh, Ohaso had one at at nationals this year, and uh, they had to they had to do some pretty big changes to their revolver to make that work. Is is my understanding? Yeah, so, we'll see, see like if it works, it works. That'd be cool. Yeah, I see. I see no way you could convert our gun to work because one, it's a six round three fifty seven, and then like it, the uh, like the 
know, lever or whatever that opens the cylinder. It's in front of the cylinder on our guns instead of behind it, like a Smith or a, a Ruger. It's like I don't, uh, I don't see you modifying that to work. No, that's not going to work. Okay, so I got one more question for you guys. Uh, what, what would be your ideal? Like, what match would you like to see happen? So I'll I'll answer first. Maybe give give you guys a little bit more time to think about. So if I could put on a match, which I would I would love to do it. I just don't have I don't have the opportunity where I live uh, to be able to put on a match. I would love to see like a single stack production match uh, that's put on. Um, for me, ideally, it would be close to the Ipsic format, but it wouldn't be quite a three-two-one. So I would do a, a one-one-one, one short course, one medium course, one long course. That'd be my ratio throughout the whole match. And for me, I would like to see a match that you know does have. I thought that the high cap nationals that had that uh, that stage of what some I think. Max Lee I think, shot like a 20-hit factor on it. But a lot of limited guys were like the 14 to 16-hit factor. Like, I think a stage like that is pretty cool. Have one of those in there, but then also have some some stages where you got to run big distances and hit factors real low. Uh, an extremely diverse match. And then I, I would like to do it just single-stack production um, because then you get everybody combined into those two divisions. And uh, I think you'd have a whole lot of – you'd have a whole lot of competition – within that match. Uh, so I think that'd be cool. That'd be kind of the match I would love to see, love to see happen, but I don't know if it will or not. What about you guys? So I think uh, for me, uh, what I'd like to see is something like the, the big uh, Ipsic matches you see overseas, like uh, Europeans or yeah. the uh, Euro Extreme Open. Something, something on that level in the U.S., would be would be nice and i want to say under ipsic rules because i find the changes interesting but you'd probably have an easier time filling the match with uspsa rules so yeah uh, but but something something along that line i think would be really interesting like a 24 stage match with the three two one rule yeah because yeah it's pretty cool that you know shooting those matches over several days uh, versus just going and shooting a single day, uh, but having like three or four days for a match uh, makes the match pretty cool. And it's it's obviously it's much more affordable to to shoot something like that in the U.S. or than it is to fly to Europe. It's just yeah. it's so expensive to fly there compared to here. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. I'd like to. I would like to have a, some more matches like that within the U.S. I. W- I- I wish we saw more Ipsic matches in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just the equipment change and difference that most people aren't just aren't going to want to do it. And I, I get that. Um, it'd be cool if, if our equipment was a little bit closer to align with each other so that swapping would be a little easier for some of the divisions. But it is what it is. Well, I, I definitely think uh, production and carry optic or production optics in Ipsic, I think are far more interesting divisions with 15 rounds. Yeah, that I that is pretty interesting. Um, it, yeah, that that would be kind of cool uh, to, to see what that that would do. Um, it definitely changes how your your approach to stages and stuff. What about you, Jeff? What would you like to see? Hmm, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about something like that, but uh, like I do, I guess. 
Nationals was the first match that I shot that was that long, three days, you know. And that was really fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, so I would like to see more of those in the U.S. Maybe something in the middle of the country. Yeah. But, uh, which I guess Limited Nationals kind of was, wasn't it? Yeah, Limited Nationals was over three days as well. Uh, But, yeah, I'd just like to see more of those. I mean, I don't don't know. I haven't really, like, dreamed up a a match. I I pretty much enjoy all the matches except for, uh, like, super high round count host fests. Those are just boring as hell to me. Yeah, it always amazes me how, like, those seem to be popular. Like, people seem to enjoy those. But anytime I hear somebody talk about them, they don't like them. I think uh, the better the shooters, the less they like that stuff. Uh, The guys who don't like – so a friend of mine explained it in a very good way. Uh, The people who don't practice and stuff want a high round count match because they spent all this money on their cool gun and everything, and and they show up – they shoot a lot of rounds and they don't have a ton of experience with you know variety so to them more rounds equates to more fun yeah i mean you see pl- there's plenty of you know 10 stage state matches that are 300 round matches yeah uh, it's, it's that that does not equate to a good match necessarily no no it does it, that's the one thing that's to me is frustrating from our sport is that oftentimes it seems like it's run from, this is a terrible analogy, but it seems like it's often run from the bottom up. Um, and the people that seem to have the least amount invested in the sport, it seems like the sport often gets tailored towards that. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I guess they make the bulk of the numbers up, but yeah. they don't make the bulk of the commitment up into it. And, and that's in well, my opinion, maybe get people that don't, don't appreciate that opinion. Um, but high High round count can be fun done right. So I, yeah. I really enjoyed the Rocky Mountain 300. It's yeah. five 60 each round stages, but they're, I mean, they're, there would be good stages if they were like cut in half. Like they're actually good. Stages. Yeah. It's not a lot, of, a lot of times when you see a high round count stage, like a state match or something, you can tell like it looks like they threw targets up to get the round count up. Like, they don't yeah. really provide anything additional, but, like, oh, here's two more targets here and two more here. Now what would have been a really good, you know, 28-round stage is, you know, 32 or 34 or whatever. Yeah, for sure. And that Rocky Mountain deals, I mean, that's a different – that Rocky Mountain 300, that's a kind of a different deal because you, you know going in that it's – the novelty of the match is that it is stages with ridiculous round counts. And that's kind of the novelty of that match. Everyone go check out the Facebook page and uh, hit up Jared on all the social medias. I don't run the social media. That's all Jason. (laughs) All right. See you later. Everybody, welcome back. Another episode, another sports shooting podcast. Isn't that what we're calling another sport shooting. No, dude, we've got to change the name. That It sucks so bad. I, I do agree with the name of the podcast. Like, if it can be changed, it is kind of bad. Oh. It's terrible. That was... Since Jason